0: For even more in-depth thoughts and opinions on the most recent releases and all of your favorite films, be sure to follow True Critic on Twitter at Jake. True Critic is always releasing fresh, spoiler-free analyses on movies every week and is always open to suggestions on films that you would like him to watch. Once again, that's True Critic on Twitter at Jake. That's at R-Y-D-Q-U-I-S-T-J-A-K-E. Welcome back to another episode of the True Critic Podcast presented by Coat Media Group. I am delighted to be joined today by my personal best friend, Mr. Josh Slayton. Josh, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad you could join me for this episode. Glad to be here. Josh, how was your Christmas?
1: Christmas was phenomenal. Very spiritual. (laughs) Glad to hear it. What about
0: yours? Really nice. Just good to be home for a while with the family.
1: (sighs) been home too long.
0: Oh, okay. Well, big part of being home for me is seeing movies. And today, we're going to be talking about a movie that you and I saw together. Correct. You've only seen it once, but I went for my second time with you. Yep. And I love this movie. I don't know if you feel the same way, but either way, we're here today to talk about Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. That's correct. Starring Adam Sandler, directed by the Safty brothers. So before we get into that, I want to talk to you, because this is... Like I said, this movie is starring Adam Sandler, and this is very different from any other Adam Sandler movie. So I want to ask, what is your relationship to Adam Sandler?
1: Adam Sandler's always been the rock for me. Oh wow! Any any, any movie he's in, I'm probably going to end up enjoying his role or the movie in general. Really? My first example is obviously Grown Ups. Really. He's really hit me. Like <laughs> he did a great job. Yeah. He okay. did a great job, and I was. He's always had been uh-huh. that for me. So.
0: Yeah. See, I think yeah. A lot of people, I mean, Im- immediately associate him with comedy oh, and yeah. those like goofy slapstick comedies. But um, so Happy Gilmore was a very influential movie on in my childhood. Oh, it was same. endlessly rewatched in my household, quoted a lot. And then, um, but like I saw Grown Ups too when it came out. I was nine years old when it came out, and I thought it was hilarious. And I can still enjoy it having that nostalgic aspect, but I acknowledge that um it's probably not the greatest movie ever made. And I think a lot of his comedies are like that. But when he takes on these serious roles, which he does not do often enough, Nope. I think he's a very good actor. And I'm I'm assuming this is probably the first movie of his that you've seen where he's in a genuinely serious role. Am I right there? You are right. Okay. So that leads us into my first question about the movie what walking out of the theater what were what were your what were your thoughts on this movie your initial thoughts in this movie did you like it I had mixed
1: feelings because this is one of the movies where I had a hard time understanding what what the main goal was you know yeah for, for, for example in Avengers you know the main goal is to obviously beat the bad guy and this you never really know what's what the what the main end goal is oh yeah and that's what I found interesting I didn't know if I liked it or I hated it. <laughs> The fact that I yeah. had no idea throughout the entire movie. But.
0: That is yeah, that is definitely um, one of the most intriguing things about Sandler's character in this movie is that you don't know what his goal is. He's a very, very just greedy, like, like, I don't even know. He's just a dirty, dirty person, untrustworthy. He just lies to everybody. And he just wants more. It's never enough for him. And so in that sense, you don't know what his end goal is because he always just wants more. And so watching that made the movie very stressful, anxiety inducing, overwhelming. Yes. Oh yeah. And um in that sense it can be hard to digest for like just a mainstream moviegoer. And I think that but for me, I loved it because it's something I usually don't get to see in movies. It's uh it's a different voice, it's a different tone than I'm used to in a lot of these um movies that we usually get to see, superhero films, Star Wars movies and stuff like that. So um that makes me ask, this might be a difficult question to answer, but I, what was your biggest takeaway from this movie?
1: I was just going to bring that up is that <laughs> I was wondering what the director's message was or what mm-hmm. he was trying to get across.
0: Yeah, I think, personally, I think it's just all about greed and um, just overconsumption and materialism and how much that can damage a person. But I think that it can be taken in a more political way towards capitalism, but I think it's far too vague in its um, depiction of capitalism, there, but I really, to any get anything out of that particular message, but I think a lot of just materialism and greed and just the overall necessity to have more, just how much that corrupts a human being. I think that was my biggest takeaway from it.
1: It's it's hard to kind of wrap your head around because mm-hmm. again, there's no like crystal clear goal. You think that someone who's going, who went through what he went through, right? It was never grounded.
0: Oh yeah, it's um. That's the thing. This movie's always moving, right? Yes. There's a lot of stuff going on in this character's life. Excuse me. And there's um. So there's always someone else coming into his life, reminding him of something that maybe happened earlier in the movie that he has to like live up to. He always he's got to pay this debt. He's got to get this task accomplished. And it's very hectic and there's a lot happening that you're right. It makes an end goal, very cloudy. And, and that since I think there really is no end goal in this movie, the movie ends pretty abruptly. Would you agree there? Yes. And, um, I think that, uh, I, I really love that about the movie. I think it makes it incredibly unpredictable that there's no end goal. Anything could happen to this guy, and towards the end of the movie we see that that really is the case because it just keeps escalating in ways you don't expect.
1: You know the the one part where I was expecting him to actually be grounded was yeah. when he started um, crying when he started when he when, yeah. he when he started mm-hmm. showing emotion. But mm-hmm. you you and I can agree that that really did not. do anything you could you could still kind of tell he was just a selfish
0: yeah you could tell yeah he he has a very ugly cry first of all very ugly cry and um and uh when he cries all he wants is reassurance from other people that you know he's good enough and he deserves what he has even though he really doesn't so i guess um one more question i have for you before we get into some more spoilers on this movie this is a very just simple question, and maybe I think a lot of it has already been answered, but um, if somebody were was asking you, you know like, how would you like describe this movie? Just give me some adjectives that you would use to describe this movie, how you felt while watching it
1: um it was very fast paced for sure, it was yeah. very vulgar.
0: <laughs> yes, that is definitely true <laughs>
1: and' it's uh-huh. very it makes you want to see what the what's what's happening next yeah like a lot more than a lot of other movies would. like other movies you're watching you're you're following through Mm -hmm. but you are so interested to see what happens next yeah especially when one of the like during the auction yeah when he finds out the the value of his gem was a lot lower than it actually was right you were waiting Mm -hmm. to see if this dude's about to take this take this bait
0: right yeah and I would agree with all of that I would say if somebody were just simply to ask some words that would describe this movie it would definitely be overwhelming fast paced in your face I would say it's almost like there's no room to breathe it's very claustrophobic I would say in the sense that with there being no room to breathe and even though it's set in this vast landscape of the jungle that is New York City it feels very contained in the sense that anywhere he goes there's somebody there waiting for him and they're, they're pissed off at him but
1: he, um, he's a ma- he's a master manipulator. He really now, that's is. Something to be said about the message is that mm-hmm. this guy manipulated everyone around him, and they had mm-hmm. some some of them had no idea. I would say the only one that, that oh, had yeah. an idea was obviously his wife. Right. Yeah. But I feel like that that one. What was the girl's name? His oh Julia. His yeah. Julia mm-hmm. probably one of the most manipulated people ever. Oh yeah, and, and she and, still loves and, him. And, <laughs> in that movie, she's just dying to do whatever he needs, but. She, you know, has a little issue with a, mm-hmm. another guy, doesn't end up doing anything. Yeah. We think. Right. And she's just pleading, pleading mm-hmm. for this ugly guy.
0: I know. And that's the thing about Sandler in this movie is that he is so ugly. Inside and out, he is yep. just ugly. But in a weird way, I was kind of rooting for him. And I can't explain why. It's, he's got this. I really think it just comes down to Adam Sandler's performance and just his overall charisma. But you wanna you kind of want to see him get out of the situation he's in, even though he totally deserves to be there and he totally deserves to lose. When things don't go his way, you kind of feel bad for him.
1: You want to see <laughs> what happens, what would have happened, yeah, if when he what what would happen if he gets out of the situations he's in, then what?
0: Right. Definitely, But we
1: kind of realized that it didn't really matter whether he mm-hmm. got out of this or that. It would just still have the um, pretty bad attitude. Oh, yeah. Bad, bad behavior.
0: All right, so now that we've got some general um, thoughts about the movie out in the open. I want to ask you some questions with some more spoiler spoiler aspects so we can get into some, some specifics. So um, I want to talk about some of our favorite parts of the movie. So I'll, I'll get kicked off. Um, my favorite part of the movie, yeah, probably the whole movie is the ending. When Everything leading up to him getting shot in the head I think the whole thing Of him watching the basketball game Yelling at the TV You could feel just the anticipation within him And just the eagerness for each and every bet He has made to pay off And there's just so much tension And you can just feel the emotional weight And the consequences of what might happen build And then when everything you find out He won the bet, he's won over a million dollars He's going to be able to pay off everybody And still have money left over for himself and his girlfriend (laughs) His, his brother-in-law and his two goons walk out of this room that he has them locked in, and he just gets shot in the head, and that's how the movie ends.
1: That's is very surprising. Yeah, for sure. To everyone, I had a physical reaction, kind of shot back. Yeah, hands up. What 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 the heck is going on? Yeah, the
0: girl next to us shrieked like an inaudible scream during the movie.
1: And what was even more odd Mm -hmm. is that the um his brother-in-law started started to defend him yeah and and Mm -hmm. and he ended up passing away as well through a gunshot
0: yeah and i mean you see this and that's it's like a there's minor glimpses of hope for this guy and that's one of them i mean first of all one of the big ones throughout the movie is julia like we said who just cares about him no matter what which he obviously doesn't deserve but he really has and like his uh his brother brother brother-in-law i mean trying to stick up for him trying to be like you know why'd you just do what you just did you shouldn't have done that There was hope for this guy. I mean, he had more than he realized in the sense of people that were there for him, which I don't think he thought that he had. So I think it makes that last scene, how sudden it is, all more impactful. Everything's over just like that. And um, I just, I really loved how they ended it. I thought it was the most fitting way you could have ended that movie. It was really satisfying in just the terms of just, that's the best way to end that story.
1: Yeah, I feel like it would have been a little too good to be true yeah had he gotten through everything right i feel like hit the guy that was um locked in the room during the basketball game yeah going out and shooting him Uh even though he could have won a lot of money i feel like it would have been very yeah um annoying if he's jumping around for joy with him and he and yeah oh yeah i got my money very cheesy everyone would have been like what what the heck this guy's a yeah a mob Uh guy and he's jumping for joy with someone who screwed him over for right a good good amount of time
0: yeah and going off of the basketball stuff uh well, my big one of my biggest, um like uh praises for this movie is um it's just portrayal of betting because the only time we've seen betting in movies is like with cards. Like a movie like Rounders or Twenty One or something that revolves around poker or blackjack. And but in this movie you get a serious depiction of sports betting, which is something you do not get in movies a lot, and it's taken very seriously and it's I mean, you see parlay bets and, and it plays a major role in the movie and it um I think that it's handled with a like, a really mature um, view that I, it really works for this movie and I hope we get to see more movies that attack that subject matter because it's really interesting, especially in the world of greed and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and the, the way the bets played out was mm-hmm. even more interesting. Right. I mean, obviously he goes, he gets the, he pawns his ring, he bets the money on yeah. uh, Kevin Garnett and then when he makes that other bet, when he puts all that money on oh, Kevin yeah. Garnett, I feel like everyone in the theater was like, well, this is going to go wrong. Yeah. Like, he's, he's not going to have a good game.
0: He he literally has the money he has to pay back some people, and then he has $65,000 left over after that. And he still decides to put all of the money on Kevin Garnett. And, and everyone
1: was like, well, this is stupid. This is where it's where, this is where it's going to go bad. Yeah. And no one was like, well, he's going to pull it off. And yeah. every time when they were showing the game, when Kevin Garnett makes an accomplishment or he gets yeah. something down, you're like, well, that's not going to do anything because he's not going to. Right, I thought he there was no no way he was gonna complete the bet. I thought yeah. he was gonna get close, yeah. but he wasn't gonna complete the bet. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah, it subverts your expectations a lot like that. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't think he's gonna get it. No, way. and then but then he does, but then he gets shot in the head. And the movie is like that a lot. It takes a lot of twists and turns, and it's just. It's a really just, like we said, fast pace, and it just moves so quickly. The movie's two hours and 14 minutes long, but it goes by really quick. At least for me, I thought it
1: did. It went by so fast that in yeah. that scene where they pull, where they first show that the guy has a gun. Yeah. You 100% forget he has a gun oh, yeah. until he pulls it out on his face.
0: Yeah, I know, and that's like the big thing too. There's a lot of characters that come and go in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like there's those two brothers, the one specifically that he gives him a fake Rolex. And he's just waiting for him outside his jewelry shop. And he's just, he's constantly there the whole movie, but you forget about him. So every time he shows back on screen, like, you laugh, because, like, you forgot he was there. And just how much this guy has going on in his life. So did you, did you have a favorite part you wanted to talk about? Um,
1: man, the, the, I I don't know specifically, but me and you have talked about it before while, when He's just blatantly lying to this guy that he owes money. Oh, yeah. And he's saying, like, you resurfaced your pool. (laughs) You did this. And he's like, I didn't resurface anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I never resurfaced anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. You see this guy just totally lying. And then he just kind of, like, sits there and he's like, oh, yeah, I might have betted on a game. (laughs) So what?
0: Yeah. That whole scene, he's at his daughter's school play, and these Jewish mobsters are waiting for him at his daughter's play. How intense that is. Yeah. Like, could you imagine being in that situation? And then they pull him into their car, strip him naked, and throw him in the trunk of his own car.
1: Somehow still with his yep. with his iPhone.
0: Yep, yeah, Definitely the most annoying thing about the whole movie for me is that he somehow still has his iPhone when he's thrown naked into the trunk of his own car.
1: Every, everyone was hoping that mm-hmm. his family would walk out to the car yeah, they'd hear him in the trunk and they'd see him making in the trunk. He yeah. just after, the trunk after he's been in there for like two hours he'd yeah, probably be been, all gross and sweaty yeah, gross and sweaty you're yeah. waiting for like uh hey sorry yeah but um no he's just got his pocket. he's, got his, he's phone. got his phone in the yeah. pocket of his underwear
0: and no they ripped his underwear off remember that he's completely <laughs> naked in the trunk of his car but he somehow has his phone that is yeah that's, that was so annoying to me because this movie is like almost perfect other than that but um yeah I love that part. I also love the auction part you ta- talked about earlier. Yes. He thinks the th- the um the opal is worth a million dollars, but it gets valued in between 150 and 250,000 and uh, it gets sold for 190 million, but not to the person he wanted it to get sold to. 190,000. 190,000, I'm sorry why did I say that? But um yeah, he 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 thinks Kevin Garnett is Kevin Garnett's there and he thinks Kevin Garnett's going to make the highest bid for this opal. So he has his father-in-law come and try and just like counter his bets until like it gets to around 200,000. It gets all the way up to 190,000. Kevin Garnett decides, no, I don't want to pay that much for it. So now he's got another thing on his plate of his father in law having to pay him $190,000 or Adam Sandler's character having to pay $190,000 for his father in law. And then that's the scene after that where his brother in law and his goons pick him up and throw him in the fountain for it.
1: Yeah. I and thought what well, I thought it was so good like one of the scene just before the auction when he goes Mm -hmm. to get the the bidding price changed oh yeah when he's on the phone and he tells the lady to obviously change the Mm -hmm. thing you just see how smooth he is oh yeah and how easy it is for him to lie and kind of get what he wants definitely it doesn't end up working but even when it starts to not work he just Uh walks out the door no yeah no no issue
0: yeah it's very cool uh to watch him do that his character is like a mixture of Jordan Belfort from the Wolf of Wall Street and like the Joker yep. in the sense that he is so incredibly greedy for money and it's never enough like Jordan Belfort, but he's just this master of manipulation and chaos and he's got no real end goal Nope. <laughs> that everything around him is just imploding. His relationships with everybody is at least. And that part is so interesting to me. Another part though that I want to talk about that really was, I think the, one of the more stressful parts in the movie is when Kevin Garnett and his uh, friend Damani show up back at his jewelry shop to give him the opal back. And the door is jammed and won't open. And it's like yep. a five-minute scene of them standing there yelling at him to open the door, and he can't figure out how to open it. And it it is so seemingly insignificant, but it is so intense at the same time. It is time. unbelievably
1: intense. Like, yeah. that, is, that was one of the most stressful scenes I can oh, remember. I know. Yeah. You're just like, open the door. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. You're like, get something to work. Like, yeah, I look, know. You thought something by the the uh, the tone of the scene you thought something violent was gonna happen Oh yeah, for you, sure. Like
0: it building like that.
1: For an unopened door. You yeah. thought someone was gonna break oh, yeah. break break a door or break something to get uh-huh. in.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah, there's a lot of little things like that too, where it just like it's just small so
1: could have been could have been written off yeah. by like th- people could have said, Okay, well could ha- have easily out have out of a movie. small struggle trying to open a door and just make it kind of weird but they made it so (laughs) Uh stressful
0: Uh uh-huh and another part too that i want to highlight not with the stress but just how much of just a dirtbag this guy is is when he's at his father-in-law's apartment in new york the whole family's there all the cousins everybody's there and he's trying to win back his wife's heart his wife knows that she's cheating on him with julia and she wants a divorce and she wants it done pretty quickly she wants to tell the kids but he's not ready yet He's trying to win her back and she just looks at him dead in the eye and says, Howard, I think you're the most annoying person I've ever met in my whole life. She's like, I hate looking at you. I hate spending time with you. And if it were up to me, I wouldn't spend another five minutes with you. And he just looks at her and goes, oh, you're just mad. Yeah, yeah. Like you (laughs) Um, you
1: cannot phase this guy. I know.
0: She's one of the only people that knows. I mean, everybody knows how much of a dirtbag this guy is, but she is the one that's truly had enough of it (laughs) and is like ready to do something about it. Yep. Until the end, at least. But um, and you just see he's still trying to manipulate her. He
1: he. he th- there's nothing that phases him.
0: Yeah, nothing is ever finite with him. There's always like opportunity to just get more out of everything for him, and he's so interesting in that way. And I just love watching this guy just implode yeah it's really not something you get to see often it was really cool to see on screen
1: think about all the things he had going like you could think about the million Mm -hmm. things he had going for him oh yeah the entire movie and even when those things Mm -hmm. started to go go sour Mm -hmm. he still could have easily gotten it back oh yeah for example the the julia that he found getting busy not getting busy maybe getting busy with the, at, at, with the weekend. With the weekend. Yeah. Great, great Dude, role in the you, movie. You think well he's pissed, you know, mm-hmm. he 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 gets gets rid of that. Mm-hmm. But you can just tell. It's, yeah. it's it's nothing but a phone call away till they
0: get back together. Right, exactly. And okay, so I'm glad we've talked about a lot of this. And uh some of my other favorite things before we move on, I just wanna say that I love Adam Sandler's performance in the movie. It's my personal favorite performance of the year. I think the Safety brothers' direction, their just their ability to craft such these fast-paced stories is so, so impressive. And I love their close-up cinematography helps you feel this overwhelming nature of everything. And I can't stress this enough: Kevin Garnett is a good actor in this movie. Yep, he's he's completely believable, even though he's playing himself. Yep, he's very believable in this movie. But that leads us into what are what are some things you didn't like in this movie? <clears throat>
1: Well, like I mentioned before, I didn't like not knowing what he was, yeah. what he, what he was going for. But we yeah. kind of just established that's just kind of the thing mm-hmm. that just how the movie works, right? Yeah. I didn't like how sometimes, like he, would, I, I didn't like how he would still have stuff going for him. Like when he lost Julia, I, I would have been happy if she was just out of the picture. Yeah, I think it's just a little too uh-huh. convenient that she's so. Addicted it's yeah. like uh, manipulated by this guy that she just needs to be on him twenty four seven. Gets mm-hmm. a tattoo on her rear. <laughs> Howie. Uh, Howie. Yeah. It says Howie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know mm-hmm. that one friend that he was that that was friends with Kevin Garnett. Yeah. You know he's just being unbelievably annoying to. Yeah. He's just true. he's just won't leave we'll, him alone we'll, for the won't opal. Won't yeah. leave him alone. You know you you think mm-hmm. this guy got fed up with him. He did end up getting fed up with him. Mm-hmm. But again he he, he just. It just ended up working out for him. He yeah. ended up getting the gem back. Yeah, you know? that's a
0: very interesting point. It's it's definitely hard to watch somebody that's as frustrating a character as he is, in the sense that you're so anxious to see him get what he deserves in a lot of ways. But like, I loved watching him <laughs> just just because he's so different from any any other he, like protagonist in the movie in any movie really. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's hard. It can be hard to watch a character just not get what they deserve. But I mean, he does at the very end. But it it's it can be especially frustrating to see people come back to um people that are so toxic to them but i think in reality that's all too true <laughs>
1: well and the people that kind of you said pop pop in and out of the yeah. movies saying how they owe money yeah they don't do anything but yeah talk to them yeah like you just he just, he just kinda, writes them like off. if if i was these people yeah and that happened to me what they were accusing him of doing right like i'd be <laughs> i'd lose my mind yeah i would lose my mind i he, he wouldn't be alive yeah throughout throughout most of the movie True, it, it yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't be even close mm-hmm. and he's just eh, you know yeah we'll, we'll get him later we'll we'll sit outside the pawn shop
0: or wherever Yeah, or he just screams the f-word in their face and <laughs> yeah, gets he, them to leave him alone which is often how he handles his business but um another thing for me so i've seen it twice like i said and another thing that really sticks out to me is and this is this could be a nitpick, I guess, to a lot of people's eyes, but something that was really frustrating to me is that the movie takes place, or we're led to believe it takes place, over the course of somewhere between five and seven days. Yep, but when the movie starts, because a big part of this movie is Kevin Garnett in the playoffs, Boston Celtics versus Philadelphia 76ers 2012. Mm-hmm. When the movie starts, it's a seven game series in the playoffs and it's tied 1 1. By the end of the movie, they're playing game seven, but the movie they talk about like give this to me tomorrow give this to me tomorrow give it to me to this friday and then friday's there and so you definitely feel like it's only over five maybe seven days but for some somehow they play five nba playoff games in this span and so Mm -hmm. it was a little frustrating to me as i thought about it more that the movie's um perception of time is a little inconsistent and really doesn't make sense but I think it's made up for just by how incredibly interesting the story is and how insanely just magnetic Adam Sandler is as a as a lead performer in this movie. And all the people around him are incredibly solid, too. And not to mention the music in this movie, I think, is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's it's really weird because it seems like it wouldn't fit in the movie. It's like cosmic and like mystifying and feels like something that should be almost in like a sci fi movie. But it's in this movie. And when you hear it first, you're kind of like, why is that in this movie? But somehow it works. Yep. And so I really love that and I've been listening to it a lot. And so one more question here before we wrap up. Would you, so this isn't the question, but um, would you say you consider yourself like a like a mainstream movie goer? Your main goal of going to the movies is to get entertained. Yes. Okay. Knowing that, would you recommend this movie to someone?
1: I would because the great thing about this movie is it'll be mm-hmm. a hit or miss for a lot of people. Yeah. I actually recommended it to my dad yeah before he um before he left because it's such a it's a movie where people can some like find it so interesting yeah or they can be like what the heck but if they find Mm -hmm. it interesting it's just it's a whole whole new world yeah of, of thought and conversation like we're having right now
0: exactly yeah and um the first time i saw this movie i saw it with my mother and um this is not her kind of movie she yep. likes movies that are happy, tied up with a bow, mm-hmm. but at the same time she loves to be entertained. And she was definitely entertained by this movie and she said that she thought it was very engaging. But um she she said with confidence that she she is perfectly fine never ever seeing that movie again. Yeah. <laughs> and in that sense, it's not for everybody. It's really fast paced. It's really in your face. Like we mentioned earlier, it's incredibly vulgar. The F word is said in this movie like three hundred and fifty times. And it's 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 just over two hours, two hours, fourteen minutes. And that could definitely be a major turnoff for a lot of um, mainstream audiences. But at the same time, I think if you're somebody who's looking for a movie that is a little different, but still just incredibly immersive, I think that this is the perfect movie. And it's definitely one of my favorite, if not my favorite movie of the year. Uh, you, yeah.
1: yeah, you did say it was one of your favorite yeah. movies. I definitely see someone who's more oriented in movies enjoying this. Yeah, I would agree. And... Mm-hmm. People that just kind of like take yeah. movies as they are and just kind of, they watch and they like, right, they like yeah. a few probably wouldn't find a lot in this movie. Yeah. But uh-huh. there's a lot of people that mm-hmm. really like the art that goes into movies and how, yeah. and how they're constructed. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I'm one of those people. Yeah. And,
1: uh, uh-huh. they just, I, I, yeah. they go nuts for it.
0: Yeah. That's why I really, I'm really glad we had this conversation because like, I love the performances cinematography the editing of this movie is so quick but it flows so well And the music like i said i i love this movie so many little things about it that a lot of people wouldn't notice and i'm really glad we got to have this talk about how you feel about it too and how we could just have this conversation about how our opinions are out where they um where they meet and where they differ and i am really thankful you were able to come here and talk with me today thanks josh thank you for having me oh the pleasure is all mine all right, that concludes this episode of the True Critic Podcast. I will see you guys next week. The True Critic Podcast is a production of Coat Media Group. I'm Jake Rodquist, the host, writer, and executive producer of the True Critic Podcast. Our producers are Teddy Hirschfield and Kobe Manzo. Our executive producer is Teddy Hirschfield, and our associate producer is Kobe Manzo. Our theme song is Tech Knowledge by Peter Spacey, found from Artlist.io. Coat Media Group is your source for professional quality video editing and audio content for corporate and personal video production. You can contact Coat Media Group at coat.mediagroup at gmail.com, or you can visit their website at www.coatmediagroup.weebly.com.